Welcome to Basically Tall Tales, the collaborative short story podcast featuring tales you can basically call tall. My name's Todd. I'm Jared. And I'm Adam. Each week, one of our writers will write one-third of a story before handing it off to the next writer to either continue or finish. The first writer will get to choose whatever genre they want to write in, and the other two will just have to deal with it. Today we have a story by me, Todd, with the final chapter of a story. Make sure to rate, comment, and subscribe for more stories each week, because we're always writing more comedy stories, and your social media interaction keeps us going. Without further ado, here we go. I hope you guys are ready for the conclusion of the Svelte. Yeah, oh, I if absolutely you're, if you're at all ready to let go of these characters that we've grown attached to over the past couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's going to be tough for me to say So goodbye. you're saying they all die in the I'm end. Say- <laughs> I'm, say- I'm saying this is a part three. We don't continue part threes yet. We might someday. No. we got a vampire superhero to come back to. Yeah, yeah that guy. Yeah. I fucking love that guy and his yoga. I actually do <laughs> like that guy. But no, I'm not saying that. Unless you read ahead. (laughs) I didn't. Only fucking degenerates read ahead. No, you read your lines. I'm going to start sending you only your lines. I can't even read. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start sending you only your lines, and then you're just not going to know the rest of it. that That could be fucking exciting. No, just start doing that. And let's all do that, actually. Let's make that that decision now. (laughs) All right. This story is called My Late Stage Life. The music swells and trumpets announce the title. 20th Century Fox presents My Late Stage Life with Jason and Grimbla. Screenplay by Todd. Produced by Harvey Weinstein. (laughs) 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 That's unfortunate. Yeah. I Pluto Lion. This <laughs> Well, this is written in the future, which means he got well, this out. This was written back in the twentieth century. He was uh you know, nobody knew back then. Yeah, twentieth century <laughs> Fox is gone, so this must be in the past. Yeah. <laughs> it's retro future. Unless they came back. Good morning, Mrs. Godley, the Auto Kitchen said. Good morning to you too, Auto Kitchen. Replied Grimbla, the Futa Lioness. Will Mr. Gadley be having the usual? As the last ten years, if you can believe it. You can say that again. Do-dee-doo, a do-dee-doo. One gamer stew for you. (laughs) (laughs) I I love this fucking, like, Jetsons (laughs) ex, what's his fucking name, from the Candleman from that one Disney movie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they stuck him in a robot. <laughs> Be aghast. The auto kitchen produced an easily digestible slurry of crushed, flavor-blasted extra cheddar goldfish and Mountain Dew. Uh, oh, bruh. <laughs> that, that, that's nasty. <laughs> Grimbla pinched the hem of her polka-dotted swing dress, did a little twirl, and called upstairs to her husband to let him know breakfast was ready. Jason. Are you about finished with your call to the vice president? Breakfast. Jason was grumbling as he came down the stairs. I didn't think when Dad gave me one of his subsidiaries to run, it would be this much work. He pulled off his necktie and threw it to the floor. A Roomba quickly zipped by to pick up the discarded and completely useless article of clothing. Oh, Jason. 
I wish you wouldn't just throw your tie on the ground every morning. Grimbla huffed. Whatever, Jason said, just barely audible. The Roomba's got it. But I do hate watching it struggle up the stairs to put it away every day. Just don't watch that. Just as Jason said this, the Roomba sprouted little chicken legs under its circular plastic body. (laughs) The legs were just barely long enough to throw one leg up over a single stair and then drag the rest of its body up. The process of of climbing the stairs to put away Jason's tie would take all day. (laughs) Bruh, just like a (laughs) two-year-old. At least it pulls its own weight around here, unlike that useless vice president of mine. Does he even need me to handhold him through literally everything? Twice a month, Grimbla chuckled, her enormous anthropomorphic lion face contorting into a charming grin. (laughs) Jason shuffled over to the auto-juicer in the auto-kitchen. The auto-juicer was shaped like a cute rooster. Orange juice, now, Jason commanded. With or without pulp, the machine asked. With hella pulp. Jason scrunched his face disapprovingly. You ask me every morning, just remember, stupid fucking bot. Suggestion! There is a dial on my base that you could turn to set to remember my choice. I cannot turn the dial myself because I have no arms. (laughs) Too much effort, Jason said while doing the Drake hotline bling pose. (laughs) Just remember next time. Jason retrieved his juice and turned his back to the auto-juicer. Oh, well, it's a living, the auto-juicer said, and the studio audience laughed. (laughs) Jason picked up ranting where he left off. Yeah, can you believe it that I have to call the factory twice a fucking month? That I have to remind that dipshit to exceed the sales projections I give him? What the fuck do I pay him $22 an hour for? (laughs) It's barely a living. The auto-juicer reiterated in the background to no one in particular, and no one laughed. (laughs) Except me. (laughs) Suddenly, a high-pitched cry came from the other room. Oh, Jason. Grimbla huffed again. Now you've gone and woken the baby. I've already finished my work for the day. You've got it. I believe in you. Jason said as he dug into his breakfast. He rolled the sticky, crunchy, cheesy paste over his teeth with his tongue, savoring its sweet and salty taste. <laughs> <That's so gross. laughs> he washed down the gloop with a swig of orange juice, a delicious blend of sweet on sweet. Bus, he said as he patted his stomach contentedly. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> bussin' bussin', I guess. <laughs> Grimbla returned from the baby's room, rocking it gently in her arms. But the baby wouldn't stop crying. I think little Harry wants to be held by his daddy. Grimbla smiled again as the lion robot baby continued to cry. Harry, or Harold, (laughs) was named after his grandfather because Jason knew he would hate that. (laughs) At the moment, however, the only thing Jason hated was his own son. (laughs) Why won't he shut up? Jason lamented. (laughs) You're the one who said to stunt his growth because you were scared at how rapidly his AI was progressing. 
Well, yeah, but he beat me at Mario Kart the day he was born. That's not right. <laughs> I suppose so, Grimbla said as she gave Eskimo kisses to their ten-year-old infant son. Oh, boy. <laughs> You're saying, oh, boy, to the fact that I said Eskimo, aren't you? <laughs> no, I'm saying, oh, boy, to the fact that the ten-year-old infant part. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I can't imagine why anyone would want to extend the worst part of a baby's life. <laughs> Jason settled down into his gaming chair to play Animal Crossing 69. Based. He wasn't even into Rosie the Cat the way he used to be, but he still played to remind himself of a time when he was. He sighed deeply as his real relaxed 4D massage chair, SL track full body zero gravity shiatsu massage recliner with AI voice control, heating, PS 6500, did its work to melt away the 14 minutes of work he had put in on that call earlier with his VP. <laughs> Need a tug, too? The massage chair asked. I'm good. <laughs> I just had one while I was on the phone. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the friendly faces of animal villagers welcomed him back to another pleasant day of shaking trees. Picking up seashells and rearranging flower pots, Jason reached for his half-full glass of orange juice when suddenly... Perhaps you'd like to take Harry into the nursery to play today? Grimbla asked. Jason assumed she must be talking to one of Harry's toys because there's no way in fuck she was asking him. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to focus on the important task of shaking trees, but Grimbla moved to stand between Jason and the TV. Not sure that's his scene, dear. Jason said as he tried his hardest to look straight through Grimbla's wide, breedable hips to the TV. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> of course not the belt. You could change it to be whatever you think Harry would like. Maybe a circus? Only if the juggling bears can have ridiculous jiggly jugs. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we could go for a drive into town? There's no convention today. I want to go into town. Why? Because I have a physical body, and being trapped in here is no better than being trapped in the nursery. Grimbla snapped. Her hair stood on end, her left eye twitched with anger, and Harry began to cry again. Grimbla hurriedly resumed bouncing the baby. Fucking fine. Jason sighed and threw his controller on the ground. Get in the car. Jason, Grimbla, and Harry got in the back of their arrow car. The doors shut and... No place like London began to play. Jason set his arm on the armrest and cupped his chin with his hand. Tell Johnny Cab where you want to go. Grimbla's eyes lit up with excitement as she imagined the possibilities. The park. The zoo. A real circus. Jason had taken her out more often when she first left the nursery. But now it had been so long she'd forgotten the places they used to go together. What was that city they used to go to? Orlando. Just start heading towards Orlando, and we can decide on the way, Grimbla requested. I'm afraid I can't do that, the car responded. Oh, wasn't it Orlando? Tampa, then? Oh, goodness, no. Can't do that either, the car said chipperly. I'm quite sure it wasn't Miami. You'd be right about that. Can't go there either. Why not? Why can't we go to any cities? My programming forbids me from driving passengers through the bad part of town, 
the car clarified. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the good part of town? Travel is restricted solely to other skypad dwellings. Since when? Since everything below other skypad dwellings was designated as the bad part of town, of course. <laughs> Why is it bad? Grimbla asked, getting desperate. Because there are poor people. <laughs> Fuck. Uh... Jason perked up a bit as the idea hit him. We could visit Gerald and Rebecca's place. They've got a skypad. Grimbla recoiled in horror. God, no. There's a reason Treacle and Jane decided they couldn't take it anymore, and... She couldn't bear to finish the thought. She got out of the car and approached the edge of the sky pad as close as she dared. The wind whipped around her violently, at times lifting her dress above her knees, leaving the tip of her dong exposed. <laughs> she clutched Harry tightly as she peered down through the clouds. At the base of the tower their home rested upon, there appeared to be a gathering of people. Jason, Grimbla called to her husband. I see people down there. If Johnny Cab refuses to take us, then maybe we could walk to town? Jason got out of the Johnny Cab and rested his freshly popped code red Mountain Dew on the roof. <laughs> people? Is that the proletarian revolution again? Ignore them. They're just kids. They won't realize what's important until later in life. Unless they get too close to the house. Then the machine gun turrets will take care of them. <laughs> Jason and Grimbla ended up not going out. Which was just fine with Jason, as he was content to shake trees and Animal Crossing all day. Grimbla put baby Harry down for a nap, and then spent her day as she always did. Browsing Amazon for more retro fashion ideas. None of them fit her, of course. But she was getting to enjoy sewing, recreating the style to fit her anthropomorphic lioness body. When she finally decided on a pattern, she sat at her auto-sewing machine, turned it on, and sighed. Would it be today, Mrs. Gadley? The sewing machine asked. <laughs> Make me a bright green shapeless shift with a floral pattern. And she sighed again. The sewing machine got to work but still seemed to be concerned with Grimbla's well-being. What's you down, honey? It asked as it began <laughs> making the dress. I get it, because the, the way the sewing machine shakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't help but feel trapped in here. Grimbla confided in the auto-sewing machine. Say what? I can't go outside because that's the bad part of town. It's the bad part of town because they're poor. They're poor because they have no money. Maybe if they had money, they wouldn't be poor, and then we, the town wouldn't be bad? Maybe. When the dress was done, Grimbla tried it on and it fit her beautifully. It wasn't really a shapeless dress anymore once donned by the full-bodied Grimbla, but she still liked it. Feeling fresh in her cute new dress, she decided to put her plan into action right away. She had no idea how much money was worth, but figured there were a lot of poor people down there, and they all needed money. She went into the vault and scooped up two big armfuls of cash, 
ran outside to the edge of the sky pad, and flung the cash out as far as she could. She raised one paw over her eyes to block the sun, and get a better view of the money as it caught the wind. I wonder how long it'll take to trickle down. (laughs) (laughs) More than five decades. (laughs) Still waiting. As she pondered this, the wind began to pick up again. Her new baggier dress caught more wind than before, and whipped her around along with the dress. The bottom of the dress came up to her chest, revealing much more than the tip of her baloney pony. <laughs> she thrust her paw. <laughs> <laughs> she thrust her paws to catch the dress, but overcompensated, slipping over the edge. The next morning, Jason awoke to the familiar sound of Harry's crying. He trusted Grimbla would take care of it, though. Today was a day off for him. A few hours later, Jason awoke again, and Harry hadn't stopped crying yet. (laughs) He called out for Grimbla to do the one fucking job she had left, considering she wasn't putting out anymore, and then got up to take a piss. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) He walked out of the bathroom without washing his hands, and the baby was still crying. Good morning, Mr. Gadley, the auto kitchen greeted him excitedly. Shut up, Jason commanded. Mais bien sûr. Jason stalked around the house looking for his wife. The room but zipped by quickly underfoot, almost tripping him. Grimbla, he called out. Good morning, Mr. Gadley, the auto juicer called out as Jason passed by. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Good morning, Mr. Gadley, the massage chair called, and the auto sewer, and the auto dresser and the auto-cobbler. There is a security issue that needs your immediate attention, said the home auto-self-defense system. All talking robots shut the fuck up! Where's my wife? All the household devices ceased their chatter, but the baby was still crying. Finally, Jason stormed into Harry's room, scooped up the baby, marched out to the edge of the sky pad, and chucked him out as far as he could. (laughs) Jason turned to go back into the house. But after a few steps, he heard a loud boom, and the house shook so violently that he almost fell. Had his glorified Tamagotchi been housing a nuclear warhead or something? There was another (laughs) boom, and this time Jason fell flat on his face. He rubbed his nose and felt blood. He crawled out to the edge of the sky pad once again and peered down. The large gathering of people from yesterday hadn't been dispersed. Oh shit, oh my god! Jason ran back into the house back to the one place he could feel safe. He swung open the door to the nursery, and as he entered, he felt a wave of relief. There you are. I was looking for you. Grimbla was sitting with the baby in the real relaxed 4D massage chair, SL track, full-body, zero-gravity shiatsu massage recliner with, with AI care voice control heating, PS6500. Yes, I do want to play some local co-op Animal Crossing with you. <laughs> Jason and Grimbla spent the rest of the day shaking trees as all the money up there came crashing down to the ground. <laughs> the end. Oh boy. Oh. Well then. <laughs> they did all die in the end. They did all die in the end. <laughs> Fuck these oh, Was it characters. a nuclear warhead? Is that what happened? <laughs> 
Did they get bombed? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that damn proletarian damn. revolution. They don't know what's good for them. Nope. No. Interesting end to a story that, <coughs> to be honest, I had no idea how it was going to end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I wrote the beginning, I tried to leave some things open for, you know, uh, possibilities. And also, um, uh, I tried to follow, knowing what uh, short story it's modeled after. Um, you know, there's, there, there was at least one more character. He didn't, he didn't make an appearance in my story, but, um, I thought like, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe someone will come by and unlock them and let them out. Uh, I had no idea that it was going to go in the direction that it did, where Jared took the, uh, (laughs) basically jump perspective. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, oh, shit. Oh, there we go. Um, I had no idea that was going to happen. Yeah. And then I had absolutely no idea that, um. I mean, I had a feeling that Jason would never really grow up. Um, <laughs> yeah. The people like him yeah. typically don't. <laughs> they just, you know, just couch surf until they're gone. But, yeah, this was an interesting end to the story. I particularly enjoyed... Uh... Where is it? Yeah, the bad part of town scene. Oh yeah, that feels very. That does feel very of the time that this is kind of like like meant to satire. Yeah, yeah. No, I like the like fifties TV show kind of setting too. It it worked out. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, um, I definitely, I definitely tried to to do some stuff with this story. Yeah. So the things that led me in this direction were the fact that. Adam based his story off of the Velt, and the Velt actually is a shorter story than at least the one that Jared wrote. Um, (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the the Velt is like 2,500 words, maybe? No, it's 3,500. Or 3,400, and Jared's was like 3,500-something. No. Oh damn! There you go, Jared. Yeah, you just beat Ray Badbury. <laughs> Fucking hack, I guess. And so <laughs> he didn't have as many penises to talk about, though. So. <laughs> yeah, true, 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 true. And uh, Adam, your story hit almost all of the same beats, including the ending of them being locked in, uh, being locked in the nursery. Yeah, I I thought it would be interesting to see like what comes next, what happens after this. Yeah, right. Because like the the thing about the Velt is like. I get that it's supposed to be like a satire of like, well, maybe it's not a satire and it's actually genuine. It's kind of <laughs> unclear because it's not really tongue in cheek, but. Um, well, the thing that like, I took from the belt that both of you did not uh, agree with me with originally was that the belt <laughs> is is essentially a story about a fear of a fear of technology. And so that you know, that was certainly... my notes for going into this one. Uh, the two things I wrote at the top of the page of my notes for this one were. Uh, fear of technology and late stage capitalism. Yeah, because that's that is essentially what it is. These people with their decadent lifestyles, where like the only thing they have to worry about is not doing enough. Yeah, it's like, like oh fucking please cry me a river. <laughs> um, and they can't even take care of their own goddamn child properly. Yeah. So the the combination of those two ideas were what led me to like the. To thinking about the Jetsons, which should have been obvious from like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 
Yeah. And like how so George Jetson, I don't know if you guys have ever watched the Jetsons. George Jetson is constantly trying to get a raise at his job, which is a very oh, yeah. relatable thing to anyone in 1950s, 19 well, 1960s when the show came out. Yeah. A very yeah. relatable yeah. thing to anyone watching it. They'll all be like, "Yeah, my mom is always bugging my dad to try to get a raise at work." That's just the thing that people <laughs> do. But in the future where everything they live a, above a planet that i assume is ruined <laughs> in sky apartments that you know they require flying cars to even be able to get to or leave how does anyone yeah. afford that <laughs> i assume they are the 1% and yet he's also trying to constantly to get a raise like they did not take into consideration the economy of the jetsons well, they Ooh. didn't take into consideration the economy of the 2020s when they were making the show in the 1960s. <laughs> they were taking yeah. into account the economy of the 1960s, yeah. where everyone could afford a home on one salary and people could still be stay-at-home parents and not live in poverty. <laughs> And, and I think yeah. I think what they're going for there was it's very unclear whether or not I think what they tried to do with the Jetsons was like extrapolate into the future what they had then and they're like all yeah. right well if we're meant to have flying cars in the future then they'll be just as ubiquitous as the as they do now which means everyone will have a, a house in the clouds and everyone will have a flying car yeah. Um, yeah but I never actually thought about the Jetsons being on Earth I always thought they were like on Jupiter or some shit but also I think that they think that the automation process doesn't just replace jobs. It replaces the economy. Like nobody, yeah. nobody has any wants anymore because you can push a button yeah. and and get get food. You know, like yeah, yeah. Which is a very optimistic way to think about that. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly more pessimistic ways. Um, but I, don't know, I think I think it's interesting. So but, I thought it was an um, interesting combination to to combine the the fear of technology that had been existing since the industrial revolution. Mm. And and then combine that with the domestic setting of the Jetsons, like. <laughs> so that was my original idea, and yeah, no, that okay. yeah. comes across. I, I kind of got yeah. that from building on. I, I I don't know if you guys even see it. I kind of got that from building on the way that your stories flowed. So I know the story wow. might feel like I just kind of, just kind of decided to not continue your <laughs> stories but it is inspired by it yeah. <laughs> yeah the part about her falling off of the oh it was so sad Grimble falling <laughs> off the thing because she didn't never do anything wrong really no she's an ai <laughs> should have been jason falling off the edge yeah <laughs> he just threw the baby off the platform <laughs> oh, <God> me. <laughs> After five minutes of it not <clears throat> yeah, Jesus. <laughs> no, he was not equipped to raise a child. Jared, what were you thinking? That had been an infant for ten years, especially. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, the funniest thing, also, like, so he's got a job, ostensibly some kind of a job. Yeah. Like alternate futures, it would have been also funny. I mean, this this is relatively wholesome. Um. I mean, not wholesome, but like. Uh, oh, I think it's terrifying. Like this this episode is very like 
ordinary life. <laughs> right, because like nothing really happens here except Grimbo falls off the edge of the thing and then the world ends. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or at least or, or at least the revolution begins. Yeah. Um but the, uh, ultimately really. Yeah. Yeah. I after Jared's story, I kinda had a feeling that you were gonna like make Jason get a job and like the whole episode would just be him at work. <laughs> like struggling through his work day. Oh, that would also have been funny as well. My original yeah, notes like did say too. that, yes. But those were completely yeah. scrapped. <laughs> um, my original notes had him left as a... So all the lionesses uh, eventually couldn't put up with the three of them, and they all end up being yeah. divorced single parents. <laughs> uh, the lionesses or the other people? Living with, their, living with their parents and taking care of, like I said in this story, <laughs> a glorified Tamagotchi. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and that was what I thought was actually the natural progression of the story. Um maybe the lions went out and did something interesting in the world with their freedom and their bodies and maybe it was sinister yeah. because, you know, fucking what terminator situation is happening. <laughs> uh but yeah. I couldn't really think of a conflict that wasn't the beginning of terminator so like i would have had to yeah. i would have had to deal with the whole downfall of man in one in one story that was ending <laughs> you guys' story so <laughs> i love how you had that just like going on yeah. casually in the background yeah only instead the downfall of man is ourself yeah it was important to me that Unless there be survive the fall. absolutely no humans in this story at all <laughs> Because Jason is not. No. <laughs> no. No longer a person. No. <laughs> the small part of me wanted to see what Gerald and Rebecca's place was like. And the small part of me is sad that we'll never get to see how grody they ended up. Because, you know, you just get grodier as you get older. Yeah. That was that was implied by what Nambla said about uh, her other two lion friends. <laughs> They just decided to end it. Perhaps. I guess. Yeah. I'm not sure. Or get divorced. It could it could be Well, I mean yeah, it could just be divorce. <laughs> I mean, going on going off of fifties, like, suicide and divorce is basically the same level of uh uh unimaginable. Oh yeah, no, they are they are unmarriageable anymore. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. When you get divorced, your life is over. That's it. But I guess it's not too surprising since the lions had already left them before they had physical bodies in my story <laughs> yeah pretty much pretty yeah. much uh at one point in your story you did say that uh she she loves jason but yeah i got the feeling that it was not really like a not a romantic love no. but a no no familial one <laughs> and the smell really uh yeah no one can do that you made no mention of the smell so i imagined he got better. All I mentioned was that when he went to the bathroom to take a piss, he did not wash his hands. He did not wash his hands. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but and I'm not saying that I do that, but I know ordinary people that do that. <laughs> Especially if you don't touch your dick when you pull your pants down. Basically. <laughs> like what is there to wash? <laughs> yeah, we're not operating in zero gravity. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of standing, peeing, standing up, touch nothing, clean nothing. 
Unless you got to clean the seat. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> Adam, you <laughs> anyway. You were pretty impressed with the with the vice president's $22 an hour salary. <laughs> yeah, we're still waiting on that. hourly. <laughs> but if the vice president is making that, what is everyone else making? Exactly. So. Exactly. That's why Unless this was a horror I mean, story. I... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that and the child murder and the... <laughs> so what, I assume just Jason is taking all the rest of the money? Oh no, he's not smart enough. No, his father's doing that. Damn it, Harold, why did you have to be such a shithole? I didn't write him as a shithole. <laughs> well, in order for him to be able to afford the lifestyle he had in my version of the story when it ended, he had to be. Oh yeah. 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 He bought he replaced everything. all the human workers with robots. Yeah. That's the answer. <laughs> Ooh, no, so the that he just shit. has to pay a story. vice president $22 an hour to maintain the robots, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he does. I mean, I assume he does nah, all yeah. of the work, whatever the, the work yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking funniest thing? So, in the original story, The Velt by Ray Bradbury... Like, the whole cost of this futuristic house that we basically kind of recreated here, mm. he explicitly states $22,000. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> like, like, what the yeah. fuck? I did that on purpose. Like, even in that time, that wasn't that much money. Yeah. Even no. in that time, that was like, I mean, that was just a regular house. <laughs> in that time. That wasn't like an exorbitant amount of money. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't. I have no idea of the economics Interesting of the Interesting that the science fiction author... <laughs> Did not know about inflation, which was known about yeah, even in his time. I mean, I mean I'm not even sure that one was set in, like, the future. It could have just been alternate contemporary, like... Yeah, it's also a 12-page story, so getting into the economics of the world yeah. was probably not a... I mean, if that's the case, then just don't mention how much it costs at all, because anyone, anyone who's, like, especially the audience you're writing to, when you write science fiction, it's... Like, the audience you're writing to is going to be like, hey, that doesn't make sense, right? That's the kind of people that you're writing to, the critical crowd. If you're writing fantasy... Except it made sense fantasy, at the time. It just doesn't make sense now because it's 70 years later. Well, then, in that case, yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe if, the... If we um, story, it's maybe not, we're not I mean, understanding the significance of the $22,000 cost. Like, Yeah. Um, maybe we're missing out on that. Yeah. Maybe it's extra cheap and just everyone has it. Yeah. And he did factor in inflation, possibly. In that case, then the whole house cost less than a fucking car. <laughs> I don't know what a car cost back then, either. Jesus, no. A car cost back then? Probably like $1,000. <laughs> I'm just guessing. Yeah, I know. You're just guessing. Because, <laughs> like, if $22,000 turned into, like, 400000 then, like, yeah, cars couldn't have been that expensive. Well, I mean, they were expensive, but, like, just a smaller number. And really, should about number go up? To be honest. Okay. Yeah. Shit's always Median shit. home cost up. in 1950 was four thousand dollars. Ooh. Okay. Oh, so that's the that's, that's the fucking thing that's right where there. we're going on. That uh, yeah. So. So he made it expensive for his time. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe but even as you, expensive write... as he could imagine the future would become. <laughs> yeah. When you write non like alternate anything or non like fictional universe shit if you take 
Earth, and then you just, like, set it in, like, the future. Now, setting it in the past is easier, because you know what shit was working. Yeah. You know what, you know how shit worked. Because we've yeah. written down. But when you extrapolate into the future, and you use our world as a starting point, then, like, not doing that bit of, like, that small bit of research or calculation for a science fiction author, to me, a little bit lazy. That's just me. <laughs> I never, I never spe- said how much anything costs in my story because I don't want to do math. No. <laughs> uh, I mean, I took twenty two thousand a year, which would be low now, and then put that in the future as the vice president's salary because I wanted yeah. there to be a real sense of despair. Yeah, but I dig it. I yeah. dig the story. Yeah. I dig the sky pad. I dig their. Was it funny though? Taxi. <laughs> I might yeah. have leaned yeah. too heavily I mean, on the. On the despair. It was entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I like I know we're a comedy podcast, but ultimately I think as long as we're entertained at the end of it, that's the most important and bit. Despair is funny. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be able to laugh about it. Yeah. Yeah, because it's totally like that's not happening. Or get good at tying knots. What? Oh. So Adam, you're right, when you when you are trying to put it into a science fiction story you do have to you have to do some research you have to know what's what's going to be reasonable what's going to meet people's expectations it has to be believable that's why when i was trying to in my research for this story when i was trying to figure out what video game would a furry play i searched up (laughs) most popular furry games And was surprised that Animal Crossing was so high on there, and it ended up being a good uh, parallel for the the message I was trying to send as well. Yeah, but uh, no, the first well, result that I'm came not up particularly familiar with Animal Crossing. <laughs> oh, it's got cute animals in it. But the first result that yeah. came up on Steam for furry was <laughs> furry Hitler, which oh. <laughs> oh. That's not what I would expect. No, unless you're fucking Hitler. You uh, you play as him, oh, and there's boy. three possible endings, with two of them being good endings. Oh God! <laughs> you give Hitler the good ending. Hang on. <laughs> Was that the one where he goes to art school? Nope. Fuck. Anyway, point is, yeah. guys, do your own research. <laughs> yeah. When you're writing, I didn't know that. Didn't know that Hitler would be so quite so big with the furry crowd. I, the COVID not, well, vaccine gave me crabs. I'm not sure where the crossover <laughs> is in demographics between those who are furries and those who like Hitler, but there's some. It's got overwhelmingly positive. There's just Steam, crossover between people who play video games and people who like Hitler. Yeah, that must be it. Uh, not overwhelmingly positive, just very positive. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, also don't look that up. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to get a strike for <laughs> telling people to go to that. <laughs> we're not telling them to go to it. I'm not fact, warning you that to. it don't, exists. Don't go look at it. But now that you've said not to. Do not type this into your search browser. And because when <laughs> you find it, you will be shocked exactly. at what you see. <laughs> and I want to spare you that. Shocked yeah. or excited? My my tempers were excited. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
Wow. Thank you, thank you everyone, note. for listening. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you for listening. Tune in next week where we do a live reading of Pounded in the Ass by President Bigfoot. <laughs> Make sure to... Next week we bring up Burry Mussolini. Make sure to rate, <laughs> comment, review... <laughs> Uh, subscribe on all of our social medias and I'll see you next time bye <laughs> bye